Welcome, my doers, dreamers, and creators. You're listening to My Work in Progress, the podcast. This podcast is dedicated to honoring, inspiring, and celebrating being a work in progress. It is a self-improvement podcast that honors your trials, triumphs, and tribulations and embraces the power of owning your story so that so that others can do the same and in that capacity we can all become unapologetically a work in progress. If you guys are new here, welcome. My name is Heidi Vega and if you've already been listening to the podcast for a while now, then welcome back. So today we're continuing the self-sabotage to self-improvement series. Our focus today is on triggers and how they can make way for self-sabotage as well as how to make them work for you and not against you. So to start off, I just want to say or explain what a, what a trigger is. It's basically your body's response to danger and um, uh, something that's potentially life-threatening. It kind of goes into a bit of a flight or flight mode. Um, and a trigger is different from when you emotionally feel something and you feel it in your body and all of those things. And it's because of your... First, it comes into your consciousness, and then you have a bodily response. With a trigger, it's very hard to to say if it's in your mind first or your body because that's how quickly your body reacts. Um, for many cases, a trigger really is just your body's response, and then it sends you mentally into a panic mode or into a mode that allows you to find some kind of comfort or numbing from whatever situation you think that you are in. Um, At the end of the day, it is all about um, the self-preservation we have as human beings, which can be essentially a double-edged sword because it's great for when we are in in danger, when there is something life-threatening going on, And at the time when something does happen, and this is usually a trauma, and the reason why it's usually when you're you're a kid is because your understanding of the world and what's actually happening in that moment is limited. So it's very likely that you can get traumatized by something that as an adult you wouldn't get traumatized by because you have an understanding. But when the world, you're just making sense of the world and something crazy happens something unexpected, something that seems like the end of the world, it can have very lasting effects on you and on your body specifically because your body learns how to cope and a lot of our coping mechanisms turn out to be um, not so great ones and some of those do include the self-sabotage. So with a trigger, um, you can feel a range of emotions, obviously, without being triggered, like I had said. So you can get angry because someone did so-and-so did this and this. And you feel that anger, but you also know you're angry before you even feel it, if that makes sense. It's like the rationalization of it boils up inside of you and you feel, you know, your face gets hot or whatever. And with a trigger, it's like you start to feel a certain kind of way and all of a sudden you're doing things and acting in ways and and thinking things that you normally wouldn't about a situation that may seem rather simple or it may seem even illogical for your body to have that kind of reaction so as i as i go into this i do want to point out um 
since we brought up trauma and things like that, it is really important that you seek out professional help if you feel that you can't necessarily pinpoint if your self-destructive or self-sabotaging behaviors are due to a, a certain trauma that you experienced as a kid. And the best way really to get at the root of that, especially if you're lost for why this is happening or what really traumatic event happened, um, it's good to see some kind of therapist to kind of start to unpack that because it's hard to do by yourself. And oftentimes uh, we have blind spots, obviously, about our own lives. And it takes sometimes a third party to really let us know what's going on or to at least help us try to figure it out. So uh, back to the topic. So you can be triggered and it not cause any self-destructive behaviors. And I want to point that out because not every self-destructive behavior is happening due to a trigger. And not every trigger is going to cause self-destructive behavior, if that makes sense. So um this you know like i had said in the previous episode self destruction and, and self sabotage i should say is very unique to every person it doesn't look always look the same it doesn't always happen in the same pattern everybody's different so you guys really have to do some self reflection in order to figure out where you stand in this but um the triggering really is that that uh you know bodily response and it can lead to self-destructive behaviors because you may have found it as a coping mechanism to, let's say, um, ruin something before, before or leave somebody before they leave you, let's say. Because at some point in your life, you felt that uh, people are just going to hurt you and if you love somebody too much, that's when they'll leave. So let's say you're in a great relationship and all of a sudden the person says, I love you. And that triggers a response in you to say, oh my God, you love me. Wow, this person really, maybe you already knew it before. It was underlying that you knew that person had grown those kind of feelings for you. And maybe you knew that you had also. But as soon as something triggers, you know, of a I love you, a realization, whatever, in your body, you're like, I, I, something happens. You start to get anxiety, stressed out maybe about the situation. And suddenly... To make you feel better, you rationalize, I should go, you know, I should leave. No, this person's probably going to leave me. I should, you know, I should get out of here. I should leave. I should run before they end up leaving me and it's just going to hurt more. They don't really love me or let me push them away and see how far I can push them before they do what I think they're going to do, which is, you know, abandon me, whatever. So that's kind of an example um, of, of what I'm talking about here where, a trigger can cause that self-destructive behavior, but it can also not because there's some people who have coping mechanisms that are a little bit better. Um, that usually happens after a while, after knowing that you have negative coping mechanisms or negative ways to numb yourself or neg- numbing yourself in, in totality is negative. But um, I guess soothe yourself and calm yourself down. So some people find that working out really helps when they're feeling stressed out, anxious, and they can have a trigger that responds in a way that they're like oh my god I feel so stressed out Uh, I'm gonna go run or I'm gonna go work out and that's I mean that's a positive behavior to have in response to stress obviously if you go overboard to the point of exhaustion and you're and and you're in a state of um 
I guess, overworking out and to to the extent that you're losing too much weight or something along those lines, then obviously it's not not as positive. But if they have positive effects on your in your life, then they're more more likely to not be self-destructive, right? Not be self-sabotaging. And they are adult ways of coping with whatever may still trigger you. Because sometimes it's it's really hard to get rid of those triggers. Um, and I'm going to go more into it. Um, I also will go more into the fact that there can also be a delayed response. Not just that you can be triggered and not have any um, self-sabotage going on, but you can also have delayed self-sabotage due to a trigger. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. Okay, so the reason I think it's important for us to talk about triggers is because although we learned from the last episode that uh, self-talk and limiting beliefs contribute to self-sabotage in really big ways, in the heat of the moment, you can have all the knowledge, right? All the information and and have been practicing positive self-talk and still when your body is perceiving the danger, you are not, after that, that your body's perceiving that danger, you're not in the right mental space to handle the situation. And um, so even though you have been practicing something for a while and you're in that space, a trigger is a trigger for a reason that as soon as, you know, like a trigger to a gun, if as soon as that's pressed and that goes, it's it's game over. There's no way to bring it back in. And sometimes if... Um, if you let it go and it's pointed at the wrong spot and, and, and all that, the, the damage can be pretty immense. It can be pretty bad. And um, so what we want to do is be able to handle that situation in a way that's not going to cause that self-sabotage and that self-destruction. And really to get at the root of it is to take care of the trigger because sometimes your self-destructive behavior is coming um, once in a while because of these triggers and you're not noticing that that's what it is. So um, I also want to point out that in this day and age, we are much better at ignoring our bodies and minds, emotions, and of course our triggers. Because we can distract ourselves like never before. And yet we have this immense opportunity to be in our heads like never before. For most of us, we are not worrying about necessarily where our next meal is coming from. Um, for a, I, and I'm speaking as an American. Obviously, third world countries and other places. And even here in America, we have people who are struggling to find food every day. And that is not to take away from that situation. But I do, I, a lot of people are not living the way that our ancestors were living. Where every day was like, this could be the day that I, I don't have enough food, you know. Uh, or um, I might get eaten by a lion like (laughs) things that were you know immediate dangers back then and there's a lot of less ways to a lot of less I guess sporadic and random ways to die today than there was before and there's plenty of things that today you can survive and do that back then was not a thing that you could do and, and still survive there's medicine there's Modern technology has given us an opportunity to live even when not too long ago it would have killed us to make those kind of decisions in our lives. Um, A a good example of that is society and and social interaction. It was not too long ago that if you didn't interact with people 
face to face, you didn't interact at all. On top of which, if you didn't interact with people, you would quickly find yourself in a position where you couldn't uh, survive because you needed the community. You needed to be able to trade with people. You needed to be able to communicate and to, um, you know, work with other people in order to stay alive and keep your family and everyone else alive. And um, nowadays, you know, you can stay locked in, still get food, Uber Eats, get your food delivered, get your things delivered, Um, never really have to leave the house. And that's not something that we we had uh, before, and it hasn't been too long since then. So we have to understand that we have so much time on our hands, more than ever, as as a general population. And yet we have so many ways to distract ourselves to to get outside of our own lives in our own our own spaces and that in itself is is kind of uh it's worrisome it's scary because i think it's the root of a lot of the depression that's that's been on the rise um because as soon as you start using every, you you have so many ways to numb yourself um from your own feelings from your emotions from whatever is going on in your real world you get to numb yourself and go basically get away and um, when you do that and you ignore your emotions, your body, your mind, your triggers, uh, you find yourself living in a world of, of two extremes where you're not handling the issues that are facing you on the day-to-day life and you aren't, you aren't facing them, although you're experiencing them. Um, you're experiencing them and then you don't deal with them and you go to a world that doesn't exist full of binging on a show so let me point out that ignored the reason why I want to talk about that is because ignored triggers are not diffused triggers so just because you ignore them doesn't mean they're not there doesn't mean they don't trigger you it means that you're ignoring the way your body is reacting to certain events around you and you may consciously ignore them but subconsciously that's why you're turning to things that numb you like Netflix or binging on Netflix I should say not just Netflix in general binging on Netflix or um eating binging binge eating you can binge on so many things nowadays right um and just escapism right so first what you want to do is bring awareness to your triggers and the way you do that is is one of those things where it takes time like I was saying it's, it's similar to what I said in the first episode of this series where it's you have to know try to go through throughout your days and notice um when you are feeling um when the self-destruction comes you know before that there's often moments that lead up to it and sometimes it's hard because like I said, when there's a delayed response, you're like, wait, what was it that triggered me then? Where was the trigger? And really, if you follow you and, and you come to get in tune with your own body, you'll know when the trigger is because it'll you'll feel it. And you're like, oh, that's what that is. I wasn't even noticing that my heart started racing, that my face got red or that I, whatever... Um, your body response is and you have to allow time and space to make decisions after triggers so after you bring awareness i would recommend that every time you feel like um you are put in a highly emotional state write it down in a journal 
write it down on your phone somewhere in your notes and write down every time what happened what were you feeling what were the emotions and and try to write down as much detail as you can on the situation and as as time progresses and you start noticing it more you'll you'll start to see a pattern within your logs like you'll start to see um that certain things trigger you certain situations certain people are associated with your trigger certain places or words are associated with a trigger and that's really where you want to get to where you can kind of pinpoint what it looks like what it really looks like sounds like you know um feels like so you also are going to have to learn to allow time and space to to make decisions after triggers because this is where we get into self-sabotage the self-sabotaging behavior is often just a coping mechanism a way for you to comfort yourself and kind of make sense of everything um, after you've been triggered, after those thoughts start to play out in your head, all of that. So you're gonna, you have to make time. Um, it takes seconds for your brain to understand what your body's doing when you're in trigger mode. So like for seconds, you know, your body's feeling those emotions. And after that, your mind brain takes over and it decides whether or not this is a real threat and we should continue feeling like this and figure out a way out of it or do we need to calm down is this not an actual threat so although it takes seconds for your brain to understand what your body is doing even if you were to snap into reality and say hey this is a trigger i'm triggered this is what's happening you know uh, this is where i make bad mis- you know decisions if i let this be the reason why i go and um binge eat right the, although it only takes seconds for you to come to that realization, and let's say you were to come to that realization, it still takes your body about 20 minutes to recover from a high acute stress situation. And if, if it is a trigger and it's, it's a big enough of a trigger, you need, even if it's a small one, I recommend that you take some time and space to make a decision. Obviously, there's times in our lives where we can't wait that long to make a decision, um, but when you can, please do, because I found that to be so necessary. You know, if I'm in a high stress situation, I really, after that, if I, if I can notice that it's, a tr- that it's triggering me, that it's making me, um, or that I'm allowing myself to start feeling a certain way and it's bringing up thoughts, thought, old thought patterns and things like that, I will, you, you need to take some time. Do not... The last thing you want to do is numb. So do not reach for food. Do not reach for your phone. Do not reach for the thing that you probably want to reach for most. Because that is most likely the worst decision you can make at that point. Your body's used to it at that point to reach for something or to say something that may be the self-destructive or self-sabotaging behavior we're talking about. And most likely is. So don't do that. Don't do anything. And I know that's hard to hear because you're like, wait, so don't, no, don't do anything. You don't even have to think positively. Just quiet your mind. Do a little meditation. Take a walk. Do something that isn't necessarily, oh, you know, get on the treadmill. Start working out if you almost were about to binge eat. I'm not asking you to do the complete opposite. I'm asking you to take a breath. Take a moment. Until you let whatever you are feeling in your body die down in your body. 
because although you might mentally be aware, your body is still kind of in that state. And it's really easy to click back into those thoughts and that thought pattern and the obvious coping mechanisms. So you, you try not to do anything <laughs> after you've experienced those, those high levels of emotions. Um, also, I want to mention, as I said before, the delayed response situation can be very tricky because we might be like, we're good, we're fine. We had that positive self-talk. We, you know, we calmed down the negative self-talk. We, we're in a logical position, right? You're like convincing yourself, yeah, we're good, you know, and often that happens afterwards. You're like, oh no, I don't need time and space, whatever. There's times where the delayed response is ridiculous because you, what really is happening is you ignore it. You ignore it, you push it down, and it's like pushing down, um, (laughs) it's like the whack-a-mole, you know, like as soon as it comes up, you like hit it down, or like a beach ball in the water, you try to push it down and it like keeps popping up. Yeah, it's not, it's not going to happen, like it's just going to keep coming up, and the harder you push, the more it wants to come up. And it's not going to, it's going to end badly for you. <laughs> because you push it down so much that it comes up with a, with a vengeance almost. And that's the delayed response. So it's not necessarily that your body, that you have a delayed response. Because initially you probably do want to reach for whatever it is that you're looking for. But the delayed response is because you've put your, instead of taking it head on and saying, yeah, I'm triggered right now and uh, taking some time and space, you ignore all that and you say, I don't need the time and space. I'll just keep moving. I'm going to keep moving. I'm going to keep doing it. It's nothing. Don't worry about it. I'm not even going to, it's cool. Just ignore it. It's one of those triggers. And then all of a sudden, you know, hours later, even you're at home and you go crazy on in your pantry, right? Or you go crazy and you and you shout and yell at your partner and you uh make a big scene, let's say when you guys are out to dinner. Everything was good and then all of a sudden you blow up. And it's happened to many of us, but it's kind of that delayed response I was talking about to your triggers. So, we don't want that to come up, right? So those those kind of were the ways, and and the, and the way to combat the delayed response is the same. You're going to have to take time, make time and space, bring awareness to your triggers. You have to have them jotted down so you are aware exactly what and when causes a trigger, and and that way you can not only avoid them but be prepared for them. Um, and you make time and space obviously for yourself, and um, you. Just take time to recover from that. So going forward, um, I told you guys I was going to tell you how to make them work for you. So this is how you make triggers work for you. They are your body's response to, you know, whatever danger they feel. So whatever you're finding that is your... you. So now you have a pinpoint to say, okay, this is where the danger is every time I'm in this situation. And it may seem even strange that your body gets all pent up because of, I don't know, your boss said this isn't looking good or you sound like you're about to get in trouble with your boss, right? And that's when you really get triggered and you're like, what do I do? I would take that moment 
to use it to your advantage that you have something telling you something's going wrong, something's wrong, something's wrong, and follow that all the way down the rabbit hole. And what I mean by that is you're going to take that and you're going to find the root so that you can cut it out. So as soon as you feel your trigger, and that's what the journal is for also, as soon as you feel the trigger, you can, once you have enough of them, you'll be able to start doing a little of a deeper dig because this is where self-improvement really goes to the next level. When you can take those triggers and not only handle them, but use them to your advantage to further your self-improvement to say this is the pinpoint of where I feel like I'm, I'm the most um, fearful in my own life. This is my biggest fear. A lot of people think they know their biggest fear, but they usually don't because it's usually very much of a subconscious thing. Like if you were to ask me, I could come up with a million things that I'm scared of that are my quote unquote fear. But at the end of the day, fear is like this little lurking thing in your mind and it's good. It's good. It drives you. Sometimes it's, it's, it's that thing that we all need to overcome at some point. It's, um, it's just the necessary bad thing in our life, right? That we feel as bad. Free can be really good for you. And, um, and, and that's why I'm saying like, you got to follow it down and see where it's coming from. And it, it allow you to handle situations and know yourself that much better. And the most amazing thing is to have that self-awareness and knowledge of yourself. Like, what are, are you actually afraid of? What is your biggest actual fear? And, and obviously there's often more than one. But that knowledge is honestly, it's it's yours and yours alone. I think it's harder for um, people to even know you without knowing what your biggest fear is. And some people figure it out before you even do because it's one of those blind spot things. But as soon as you figure it out, it kind of releases you from from all of that, from the triggers, from everything, because you you can finally name it and there's power to that obviously there's traumas that even if you name it and know what it is it's still going to cause a trigger in you and that's normal but um knowing is is one of those first steps and i think this kind of leads you down a further self-improvement and like i said before this is something that will often require a therapist or professional help because it's just that kind of deep in you often and sometimes it's easy sometimes other people can tell you exactly what it is or what they think exactly what it is and if you trust them enough to come from a place of um, empathy and not sympathy and not you know malice or anything like that but really genuinely trying to answer the question to the best of their ability you might find that they they can give you a pretty good idea on on what your biggest fear really is based off of the way you are and what you seem to portray uh, what usually what you complain the most about things like that so that is um a big reason why I brought it up in this self sabotage series because I think self sabotage is a kind of a coping mechanism it's a way to 
make sense of your own beliefs about yourself. It's a way to keep control and have control over your own life. What you may deem as control, which is um, knowing exactly what to expect after a while (laughs) and knowing that what you believe is true. And those, those moments that you're, that everything gets the better of you usually is because of that self-sabotaging, that trigger that, that runs you into, um, not thinking very clearly and running towards something familiar, which if you're listening to this podcast may very well be that self-sabotaging behavior. So thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It gave you some insight. Again, I'm not a professional. I'm not a psychologist, a psychotherapist, therapist of any kind, counselor, etc. I'm none of those things. Um, I'm coming from personal experience as well as my own research, aka Google searching for like hours on end <laughs> and listening to different audiobooks and different material that talk about this subject. Um, and that's that's where I'm coming from with this to you guys. So please, I always encourage you guys to look it up yourselves, do some research for yourselves, because at the end of the day, this is for you. And um, I, you know, I do it for me. But I know that when I share my information, share what I've learned, I feel that I'm able to contribute. And that does make me feel good. And um, But I still, you know, it's still important to do that for yourselves and to really verify what it is, what steps you need to take to move forward. So let me know if you guys put those into practice. Send me a DM on Instagram at it's me Heidi V. If you don't have Instagram, then you can email me. I believe um, all my contact information is on my website at um, myworkinprogress.net. That's .net, not .com, .net. And um, yeah, check out the website. That's where I have show links and all past episodes as well as some blog posts and I do have um, just kind of the show notes and stuff like that so check it out I do have my guest list on there I haven't had guests this season so far actually I did I had it in the beginning I had guests in the beginning but haven't had any guests in a while Um, I'm revving up to do that once again and have people on to share this beautiful platform uh, with me so yeah that's what's coming up. But as always, don't forget to unapologetically be a work in progress.